The views and opinions expressed on the Poor Ass Podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of BME Recovery Content Productions. Any content provided by our guests are of their opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. And on that note, enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. I have a new website. Go to www.poraspodcast.com for episodes. That's www.poraspodcast.com. So if you hear vcomedy.com, that is the old website. Go to www.poraspodcast.com for episodes and enjoy the show thanks for listening thanks for supporting bye This is your host, Veronica Porras, and I'm here with my guest, Isaac Porras, slash my brother. Hello. Say hi. Hi. So I moved here uh, in March of uh, last year from San Francisco. I was living there for 10 years, and Isaac, you were living with me for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then you moved. How long have you been here in Portland? Since 2013. What brought you to Portland? Uh, what brought me to Portland? I visited Portland in 2009 after I got laid off from work in Silicon Valley. And then um, got rid of my car, wanted to live car-free. And there was like a list of cities in the U.S. that was kind of good for living car free and and Portland was one of them and um, I'm not sure at the time I kind of wanted to move at the time but I kind of stuck around um, thinking like oh that that it can happen in a city like Portland maybe it could happen in the city in my hometown San Jose California but it didn't seem to happen it didn't seem that there was a plan to like do that kind of lifestyle in San Jose, so that's why I moved to Portland. All right, and I, you, I remember you you would like tell the family about about Portland, and then that show Portlandia came came out. Like how how true are the comparisons between that show and the actual city? Yeah, so we, I think that show came out, like, after I visited Portland, and then I'm pretty sure it came out, I think I showed you that episode when we were rooming in San Francisco together, 
and I, and that's I think that's when I said, just watch this show, <laughs> and it's all true. <laughs> like that was me. Like the intro, like of you know the main character coming back. Like you'll never believe where I came from. Like that was me when I in two thousand nine when I visited here and I tried to tell you guys about Portland. Like that was me. <laughs> <laughs> But it's kind of getting, I mean, I would compare, like, Portland is getting gentrified. Yeah. But it's not as fast as San Francisco. No. No. Um, and, in fact, when I first visited here, they just went through the crisis, the housing crisis. So everything was pretty cheap. Uh, but, like, it was like, like... Um, the cost of living was like half, even after the like, what happened in Silicon Valley housing crisis, and the prices dropped. Portland was still half of that, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 it was pretty amazing. Um, but yeah, it's gotten it's gotten quite uh, quite a bit. I want to say like the prices now are in Portland are probably how it was in Silicon Valley ten years ago. Yeah. I know since you've been been here, you've had day jobs and we'll we'll talk about the day the day job, but it when you were rooming with me, um you were this was before solder doodle and the um solar pad. It was yeah, or, yeah, yeah before it, yeah. But since you've been here, those projects have, well, what I've seen, what I've saw, you've gained a lot more traction and success building building a tiny home at the makerspace, um, launching two successful Kickstarters for Solder Doodle, mm -hmm. and um, what other projects have you done? It was the uh, solar pad. Yeah. Solar pad. If you stayed yeah. in San Francisco, would you have achieved as much if you stayed in San Francisco? No. Wow. <laughs> you were really quick to answer that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what makes no. Portland a, a better city to do what you want to do? So... I guess what I, I, I guess the main thing about Portland, besides like the main goal that I first moved up here with, like trying to live without a car, just trying to find uh, resources to live very like minimal <laughs> and not like minimal, like, oh, riding a fixie, like a bike that has no gears and one brake, like not like, or my wallet is just a rubber band, like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just like living kind of normal without a car. <laughs> um, and, and so like, but in doing that and trying to just find the resources available to me, whether it's like getting access to like, because I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm ever going to stop like inventing things or trying to experiment and trying to like uh, create new inventions or something. So like, what's out there in, in Portland. And actually in San Francisco, there was one place 
noise bridge was was the hackerspace there. So there, I knew stuff like that existed. I just didn't know to what extent in Portland. But um, I just kind of I didn't I knew it was impossible in Silicon Valley. That's all I knew. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know if it was more probable here in Portland. I just knew it was impossible in San Francisco, and it, it's just there's and I could just tell I guess if anything I would just last a little bit longer in Portland before like you know all my ideas ran out of steam but um, it turns out that Portland has a pretty nice kind of uh, I would so I, I think the best way to explain it is like in California San Jose Silicon Valley you're, you're it's very um, you're, you're constantly trying to show that you are um, how can I say? Um, it's a, it's a stat, be status oriented, right? So mm-hmm. you're constantly trying to prove your status amongst the social, uh, you know, uh, group <laughs> that you're in, right? And whether it's buying the right clothes, driving the right car, purchasing the right house, um, saying the right things. Yeah. And, uh, and, um, like people go to, go to debt over it. Get, yeah. Getting, getting the right lawyers, getting the right, uh, everything's got to be just like, or no one wants to really talk to you unless you, you can pull that status aura off. Right. And Portland doesn't care about that. <laughs> so like it, you breaks all the, the, that, you know, that kind of, extra stuff that you're kind of forced to do in Silicon Valley. And, and then you, when you meet people and tell them what you're, 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 you want to do, I wouldn't say it's hundred percent. You'll, you'll just meet all sorts of people that will just help you out for, you know, all day long. But what I'm saying is if, if you were to approach somebody in Portland, the, the last thing they'll probably, I mean, and if you're kind of in the same group for like talking about like start doing startups, doing inventions kind of thing, I don't feel the pressure to come off across like some some sort of like master, uh, you know, super super uh, you know, I, I guess like star entrepreneur, and you're, you're kind of. And you, you don't you don't need to be like uh, prove yourself as much before you interact with people. Mm-hmm. And um, and in San Francisco in Silicon Valley, it's always like, well, you know, you have to prove that you're like some sort of success like story, <laughs> like right off the bat. And, and and any any sign that you're not, you're you're almost like, why am I even talking to you? <laughs> you're wasting my time uh it's unfortunate but yeah i I haven't seen that type of like uh i guess um pressure here in portland so you have you have a mass you have a bachelor's and a master's in mechanical engineering Mm -hmm. and the trend that was that was going crazy in san francisco especially in San Francisco, was this massive, I don't know, like this whole city got a massive hyper hard on on tech, Mm -hmm. coding, and and software. Mm -hmm. And basically, 
you were working in applied materials. That was basically, mm-hmm. I don't know, from what I saw, the only employer in the Silicon Valley that was looking for people of your skill set. I didn't find a lot of like demand for mechanical engineering, but not not to say that there aren't any, but it, it is a very, um, uh, I want to say, the the openings that were there, there was a lot of competition. So you had to, like, there like, whether it's trying to show that you're, you know, have some sort of like. Uh, you have to constantly prove yourself, and I know if you're in an, interv- in an interview, that's got you know. Obviously, you're trying to promote yourself as much as possible. Um, I know if you're in an interview, you try to prom- promote yourself as much as possible. But um, there was, I want to say, a lot of resistance to new to new ideas from younger mechanical engineers, and not like. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm well. I don't. I can't say what what it's like being a software engineer, but it's hard to imagine some you know, 80 year old <laughs> software engineer or 60 year old or 50 year old software engineer as your coworker. You know what I mean? And that's mm-hmm. that's my world. Is is I was like the the young guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's already crowded. The the the, the as far as mechanical engineering, it's kind of an already crowded retiring bunch, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but you, you, I, you I have a feeling it, software is more of a younger kind of. Oh yeah, um, it, it it is. Thing. It's a young, so so you, you, so if, if the jobs are already kind of taken by people who've already been there for 30, 40 years, right? Mm-hmm. It, you're you're kind of like, as a new person coming in, you you've got to. You you you're treated like you gotta work the work, earn your keep and and climb the ladder, and you're 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 definitely on the bottom of the totem pole. Um, that's interesting. If it was, I'm actually curious to know about the software side because what kind of ladder is there? Because you're because your boss is probably either younger than you or like. <laughs> Worst case, they've been there for what? Because they graduated in like, I don't know, 2010. That's and that's I, considered old. Like if you graduated like, in 2003, and now they're like 29 or mm-hmm. 30 years old, mm-hmm. and that's the oldest engineer, like yeah, software you're, you're, engineer. Yeah, you're considered <laughs> the old guy. Yeah, so they've only less than a decade of like hiring people for this type of industry, or this massive tech industry, right? Mm-hmm. Or like on the scale, right? So um, I have a feeling there's a little bit more room to for growth there. <laughs> for for but yeah, for me for mechanical it was it's, it's a little bit more challenging. But you, I wouldn't say like you hate soft, like coders. Like what's your? But I have like heard you express your frustration. What what is it about co- coders that frustrates you? So the problem. Is it's yeah. The problem is first, like, no one wants to hear this, but it breaks the laws of thermodynamics. And I know it sounds kind of <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Why is like, that important? But um, what you're what you're up against is a a giant. You're you're writing code to to program into the computer all this 
all these algorithms. Mm -hmm. And um, the code is seemingly limitless, infinite, and you can do, you know, seemingly um, for little effort mm -hmm. other than typing into the computer and looking at it, staring at a screen all day. And obviously, you got to learn all the types of code programming and all that stuff. But like, all this takes energy. Like, whether you, it's not free energy, it's got to come from somewhere. And um, all these massive server farms, all these massive infrastructure, um, whether it's actually being used efficiently to like actually do great things for humanity, or is that just 10% of what it does and the 90% is just like advertisements and spying and like trying to get you to buy something because of some little icon on the screen that's a certain color, because statistically that's what gets more people to click on that, on your product. Like it, all that takes energy mm -hmm. and we're just like, yeah, whatever, just, just, Keep keep the code flowing and <laughs> running all these servers to do probably useless things that just make corporations rich and um, um, because it's very hard once you kind of look under the hood, uh, it's very hard to see how you can have that system go f go on forever. And not have to run into issues of like, wait a second. So what? What is? Where is all the energy from the power grid going? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and who's? And uh, but anyways, and then there's this. It's it's getting out of hand to where you got the singularity concept. So software engineers, I guess at least the ones I talk to. Maybe I'm talking to the wrong ones. But, <laughs> um, the idea is that software can actually take over it uh, and, 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 and autom be aut to such an automation state mm -hmm. where um, it can run everything, it can just do all the math and run everything, and you suddenly become like uh, part of this like, uh, in, in, like computer intelligence system. But anyways, all that takes energy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and if you think about it from a thermodynamics level, there's not enough energy to keep a system like that going on for a long time. And it's a very brief, it's a concept that could probably lead to some very brief, like, um, you know, cool things. <laughs> mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, we, we don't think long term about these things. And, and it's not just, it's not just software. In fact, a lot of companies that I work for don't think about energy efficiency and all this stuff, but um, we don't appreciate the finite resources that we have, and I think we're going to learn the hard way if we don't uh, stop and think about that, um, because nature doesn't care what algorithm you program. If nature says, oh, we're out of oil, oh, you, you fucked up the climate, now you're going to boil off mm -hmm. <laughs> to into the you know abyss uh, nature doesn't care about your how many apps you sold on iTunes right and uh, mm -hmm. and it's all a thermodynamics problem it's all mechanical it has nothing to do with it, th these are concepts that are centuries old mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not something that Tim Cook or Steve Jobs thought of this it's it's all just standard engineering physics stuff 
And we've gone so far away from that, it's almost, it's gotten to a ridiculous point. And, uh, and, when, you, and when you try to go against nature like that, nature always wins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As we've seen over and over and over again. Which that, that leads me to my next question. You have a company called Solar Cycle Independent Power. Mm-hmm. Talk about it. Uh, Solar Cycle is a concept. <laughs> uh, first started with trying to find out how I could charge my phone on my bicycle because after getting rid of my car, is I would say getting rid would is more like after getting laid off, I had no money, so I couldn't afford a car, and my lease was ended, and I didn't have money to you know renew the lease. You so couldn't call your dad? No, I couldn't call my dad. <laughs> call your dad. No. So I just decided to leave it at the... At the dealership, but um, you were there, I think. You you dropped no, you. No, no, I wasn't there. I wasn't there when you dropped off your car. I read your Facebook status. No, I think I needed a ride back. No, you had your you had your bike with you no, in your bike. trunk. I didn't have a bike then. No, did I pick you? I think you drove. Did I pick you, you up? You we drove together, I think. Really? I don't remember. And I dropped it off, and then I got back in the car, in your car. I think you still had a Jetta. Yeah. No, I had, I had the Lancer. Oh, the Lancer. Yeah, that's right, the Lancer. Yeah. You got rid of your Saturn. Yeah, yeah. And you, you drove me. You drove really? Me Are you yeah. sure? Because why do I remember? And, and the dealership was closing. Like, it was like, <laughs> it was like, like, <laughs> the G... Um, the GM dealership for Saturn was like closing down as I was dropping it off. And I think that was like one of the last years of Saturn's existence. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> it was so bizarre. They went bankrupt soon after that. They just like closed that, that whole line. That down. whole line. Really? I picked yeah. you up? I don't remember. Yeah. Why do I remember a Facebook status of you saying like, I dropped off my car riding uh, into the sunset on my bike? No. No? No. What would I have written to? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I thought you had your bike in your car. No. To drop, and then you dropped off your car, and then you on your bike you you rode home. No, no. I didn't ride home. Hmm. I no, no, I didn't. I'm pretty sure you. you I'm pretty sure you dropped you dropped me off. But anyways. Yeah, those are like <laughs> those those times leading up to Portland were probably like the most surreal because I remember you. Like when you were laid off, you actually went to the Mountain View, I don't know, a Palo Alto or like town hall meeting. It's all old people like my property value. Don't don't build the high speed rail and my uh, Mountain View, my my property value. And they always take place at 5 p.m. when everyone's at work. Yeah. When you're laid off, you get to do civic duties and. There's not many young people there because they're at work. And so they're too tired to even, like, talk to their city council members. And, yeah, there's all the old people don't like trains for some reason. And but it's so bizarre because they, they're going to be dead in a week. There was a Caltrain there already, and it's all diesel, and it's, like, super loud, but they don't like electric trains. <laughs> doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Yeah, not in their backyard. I want my diesel with the, you know, all aboard, yeah. like choo choo. And <laughs> Caltrain doesn't stop at the Atherton station on we- Monday through Friday. It stops on the weekends. Yes, correct. 
That's right. Yeah, the whole that whole 280 side is like anti anti public transportation. Mm-hmm. The, it was like the only reason, like. So so I'm I'm living that, right? Mm-hmm. And at the same time, my phone keeps dying because I don't have a cigarette lighter port. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is well at the time you're t- it's the year two, 2010. Right, so like uh, I should, so I'm looking for stuff to mm-hmm. buy because I'm like the market should have already the market should have already like produced such a device. Yeah. So I've been I was trying all sorts of different products for solar charging and battery um, storage for phone ch- like cell phones. This was back in 2010. The iPhone just was just out for like couple like two three years, and. Um, and it was such a like a shock to the market. Like they didn't know how to design the right <laughs> battery packs yet. And like, I was like, "Are you kidding me? Like, nobody can figure this out." So, um, that's that's when I met. Actually, I met somebody. Um, his name's Dean from Sun Tactics, and uh, yeah. So he ended, he turned out. Because I kind of knew what panels to actually use for this type of application, and he had the best ones. And so um, on, I just commented on his YouTube channel uh, on one of his videos, and he said, "Oh, we should like meet up or something like that." And then like that, and then it turns out he was in San Jose, <laughs> and, that's what, and that's when we met up. And uh, yeah, and then I started trying out those different panels that he was using, and it worked. Um, and then it got to a point where I, I wanted to... He didn't have one that was specifically designed for the bicycle. So I took it a little further, tried to do a bicycle-specific, like, bike rack version. And um, and then it turned out that it worked. However, the batteries would not be that high quality mm-hmm. that I would purchase from the store. So they would either break or not hold a charge or just not keep up with the, the power from the solar panel. So um, I was hoping to work with Dean on that. Uh, Dean was a little busy at the time, but uh, he encouraged me to just call up one of these electronic um, companies, Maxim Electronics, just ask them what I wanted from a, from, a, from a circuit to do these types of charging like on the go. And... Um, so I ended up doing that, which led me to, and and as uh, as this was happening, I was getting rehired to the same company that laid me off, right? Oh yeah. And then as a contractor, I remember that. And then using that money to fund this side project that was like, so the problem with with. Well, there's, being laid off is kind of a blessing in, this, in disguise. So it woke me up, right? So I'm like, the system doesn't work. Was that was that your spiritual awakening when you got laid off at Applied Materials? And yeah, and, and it was it, it, no, not necessarily. It was it was more like the. Um, it was like as if I, uh, I don't. Uh, how can I say like. Because before I got laid off, it was I actually had some health issues uh, before that, which I took care of. But like, 
I had already gotten to a point where, like, I had, if I didn't take advantage of the health insurance and that I had at the time and, um, uh, you know, taking care of myself, I think it would have been a much more difficult uh, uh, experience. <laughs> and uh, so when I got laid off, I actually had the physical ability to like ride a bike. <laughs> what were the right? um, health issues that were going on during that time? So at the when I first started working, I, that's all I would do is just work, come home, play video games, maybe pick up some junk food on the way home. Mm -hmm. And that was it. And I, I, I got to a point where I couldn't even walk upstairs. It was my, my knees were hurting so bad. Wow. Right. So I was like, oh, man, this is ridiculous. And even people at work were like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I don't know. And so, you were how, how old? You were like 20 something at the time. 26, 27. Yeah, I was way too young. Yeah. Um, Dang. So, yeah. So, yeah, it took, uh, I mean, the health insurance was really good. Um, so, like, 20 acupuncture appointments, 20 chiropractor appointments a year was paid. Um, discounts on gym memberships and, like, um, also had some dental issues I had to take care of. Mm. Uh, uh, so, bite alignment, TMJ um, issues um, that were pretty painful. Um, like, all my front teeth on the top are all fake. They're all, like, crowns. <laughs> for the bite adjustment. Uh. So there's like a Mer Mercedes-Benz worth of, you know, work done to my mouth, mm -hmm. uh, dental-wise. And like, um, so, and then I get laid off, right? So like, I'm at a point, just like, for whatever reason, took care of it just in time. And, um, but, but that's when I, I but the actual, like, so I had an awakening before that to actually fix my health issues. But mm -hmm. then like the being and I've and I because of the health issues, I was actually going to work on my bike already at the time before that. Like it wasn't like I'd never picked up a bike, uh, but it was part of my routine to get a little bit more healthy. Mm -hmm. So and I had been thinking about getting rid of my car. Right. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like because I was like, wow, this feels pretty nice. And I actually don't live that far from work. And mm -hmm. why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> and so, like, I would say the getting laid off just kind of completed the, the, the um, you know, what I was already planning on doing. It just made me do it quicker. And um, so uh, that's... Uh, you you've been car free for ten years now. Yeah. Yeah, going on ten years. Yeah. Wow! Celebrate. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so. Yeah, back to the. I think it was talking about the solar. So battery your solar chargers. Cycle. So so all this time. As a mechanical engineer, uh, you're, you're taught thermodynamics, you're taught energy efficiency, you're taught energy efficiency, thermodynamic stuff, right? So, like, um, 
I'm I'm looking at um, I'm looking at like how how we build things, how we manufacture things, and 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 a lot of it doesn't make sense. And even even working as an engineer, um, you'll find a lot of designs that are actually more efficient don't get made just because it's it's more expensive to switch <laughs> for you know briefly it's more expensive in the long term it's not but you but um um i've always been interested in energy efficiency and how how and a after getting rid of my car and like realizing that you know i feeling more healthy right mm -hmm. so i'm just more healthy and i'm not doing as much stuff at, like and i don't have piles of things that I had before and have to, um, and, and also when I, uh, before I got laid off, we, we were, we were, we were forced, we, there was a lot of, um, uh, shutdowns. So we, we didn't get paid like for one whole week out of each month for one year. Right. Mm -hmm. So just looking at my expenses and just doing the whole Excel spreadsheet, which that's, that's a big, if that's, you know, if you want one spiritual awakening, that'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, besides taking care of my health and all that stuff, right? But because that's like number one priority. But if you want to go second level awakening, you do mm -hmm. an Excel spreadsheet of your finances, debts, incomes, transportation costs, insurance, mm -hmm. uh, you know, after taxes, what your income is, right? Um you really see what the cost of living actually is. Mm -hmm. And uh, these numbers that are thrown at you, like in when you get job offers, they really don't, they're, they're designed not to make any sense. They're designed to sound good because after, after all of that, it, was, I, you know, it wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I've got a master's degree in mechanical engineering, and I'm like, wow, there's no way... I can of even with all the cost savings that I'm trying to do actively it's mm -hmm. not like it's not like I'm like going on vacations mm -hmm. I'm like okay what can I do how can I save money let me try all these things what if I rode my bike to work every other you know or what if I just rode my bike to work is you your know? app still on iTunes that gas saving app no well they took it down no you 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 have to be part of their program and I didn't pay oh I stopped but um, but all this comes in into like perspective. Okay, so first, I'm 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 definitely saving energy, saving money. It's not enough, right? But if so, what is causing this, right? And what's going on here? And it's it's still kind of. It's still kind of amazing, um, and 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 this is like I don't have you know a, my parents don't have a house I can go to to like stay at their place or anything. No, you know, no, our our, so, our parents definitely. Some people do. Some people do have those parents where you're like, yeah, I could go back home and not pay rent. Like we we couldn't call our dad. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And you shouldn't have to if you have a master's degree in mechanical no, engineering. No, you were sleep. You were, you were sleeping on the floor of my San Francisco apartment when you called me. 
to see if you could live with me. Yeah. And that was like struggling during that time too. Yeah, but even before that, that's what I'm saying. So I did the calculations before I got laid off, right? Mm-hmm. And like this was when I was able to afford 1600 a month rent, well, afford in mm-hmm. quotes. Mm-hmm. But like um, definitely no savings to, you know, any any like significant amount. Um, so what's going on here? So... Um, but there's all this waste and, uh, like, I can see there's no effort to, like, improve the situation. Like, let's say I wanted to get, get anywhere in the mm-hmm. city, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, so it's expensive to live here. We're, we're, we're doing it the most inefficient way possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Where's the money going? Why is it so hard? And why is nobody seem to want to change it? Right. Yeah. So, um, it's almost like it's almost like you're kind of forced to make a decision. Should I even ask these questions, or like, is it even worth asking questions like this? Right. Mm -hmm. And, but here's the thing: I'm a mechanical engineer and Mm -hmm. trained in thermodynamics, so I know (laughs) what the problem is and the solution is. Mm -hmm. Because obviously. <laughs> yeah, and it's you you just do a waste of energy all around, and 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 so. But it's no a one's ma- listening to it's you. It's a matter of just thermodynamics, math, and like there are so many better ways to do things, mm-hmm. and not not necessarily like no one wants to believe me. It's just it's 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 um. I've come to I've come to learn that it's done on it has to be on purpose because it ha- it can't be an accident that people just are forced to make decisions like this because because uh, um, I don't know if it's fear I don't know if it's just pure ignorance but it's very easy to come to these conclusions once you once you just take a couple seconds to look at it mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah, I. So, anyways, that's what drove me to make these products that might actually bypass this kind of. Why don't these products exist, and kind of, actually bring them into existence, and see what you can do with them. And and think about it, this this wasn't a time like, when we this wasn't like we weren't using Palm Pilot phones still and like these mm-hmm. giant like brick cell phones or anything. They. This was during the age of the iPhone, right? Like it was like these little five watt devices um, that you could. I mean, you used what before an iPhone? What did you plug into your USB port? Maybe a flash drive, maybe a little LED light that blinks or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this iPhone comes out, mm-hmm. and now we're plugging in everything into our USB ports, like mm-hmm. that. And these are very low energy, high highly uh, productive devices. And so I'm, I'm thinking to myself, wow, we, we might not need laptops at some point. I mean, obviously, if you're doing some content creation that requires a large screen or something, mm. but for, for the average person, I'm like, wow, I think we're at the point where we've reached that level of efficiency that we can actually like achieve things that we don't even need like 
um, all these old aging like systems anymore that are like, uh, for example, like this, it was the first time you can click on the Google maps on your phone with an address and it would route you on the, on the, what it will tell you what bus to take. Mm -hmm. That was, that was crazy back then. Like Mm -hmm. back then you needed like a map and like a, you had to call up somebody or like, I mean, <laughs> and this is all with a little tiny little five watt device. So like, I'm like, this device needs, needs like a, a energy source, mm-hmm. right? Cause if you're ducking into Starbucks every 30 minutes, that doesn't help. <laughs> right. Yeah. So how, how do you to charge up? How do you, how do you live? A regular life, productive life, answering emails, answering phone calls, going to meetings, and um, but not having to drive, drive to a parking space or pay for parking or mm-hmm. go to the gas station. Mm-hmm. I mean, what if you just bypassed all that and do the same amount of work mm-hmm. <laughs> with this little five watt device? Yeah, I don't think I don't think uh, we've still haven't come to that kind of realization yet like we have the technology to do it that's the thing we've it's not this isn't new technology it's like we have the technology to do all the things that will make life easier it's available right now (laughs) and i have proof because i've been able to develop it on my own right and uh and find the right people to like help me and and develop it independently so it's not like we need this like giant NASA research lab to do it. It's mm-hmm. it's there. It's available. It's just um, not being done. <laughs> well, that's how PowerCore was your PowerCore and the um, Solar Pad. They came out at the same time. The Solar Pad came first, and then the Power core came after, which is so one solar pads the solar panel, power core is the battery. And um are those products still available on your the website? Power core is not available yet. Solar pad is available on Amazon. Um but um the so uh yeah, so uh but solar pad was not the first success successful product. It was actually a soldering iron. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> of all things. Yeah. I like the solar pad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it too. And uh, what so what 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 was what was the leap from solar pad to um solder doodle? Yeah, so it was pure accident, I guess, but it was basically I had already tried to push the boundary of this little solar five watt solar panel and battery system with um, what can I power with it? And Mm -hmm. so like there's these cheap little products from China, like USB powered keyboard vacuum and USB powered fan and USB powered soldering iron. And and there was, so you plug it into your computer, this Mm -hmm. little USB powered soldering iron and uh, it would work. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not. It wouldn't work that well, but it, it you know, it was able to melt something <laughs> and do somewhat of a decent job. Um, so um, I kind of was like, well, if you 
can solder from a USB port. You can plug it into my battery and solar panel too. So I was like, it was, it was almost like just finding as many applications for this thing as possible to just prove that it works. Just mm -hmm. kind of, wow, you can do that? Like mm -hmm. with solar energy, mm -hmm. a tiny little, you know, five watt panel, which is like the size of like, you know, it's less than the size of a sheet of paper. Um, but you can. And, uh, but this, after I moved, this was back in, I started doing that when I was in San Francisco, but like, San Jose, San Francisco, but the solar, the solder, soldering iron called solder doodle got um, uh, developed further when I was in Portland and I had a conversation talking about tiny homes, um, which is another subject, but talking about tiny homes and then like my friend, he's like, oh, isn't there a USB, like, USB soldering iron? I was like, you know what there is? But, you know, you got to plug into this battery and then the solar panel. I was like, wait a second. And I, and I had just had access to a 3D printer at the time mm -hmm. at a Portland makerspace. And so I was like, wait a second. I can 3D print my own case, shove my battery circuit into the case with my battery and, like, s attach a soldering iron tip to it. And, like, it'll be all one single unit. Mm -hmm. And... I was running out of money. I, I, I moved to Portland, didn't have a job. I just moved up here. I think it was a, about $10,000 that I saved up. And then it was running out fast. And I was like, man, I got to do something. So I was like, well, you know what? Solar and the solar panel Kickstarter, I was using Kickstarter to try and launch these products here mm -hmm. in Portland. None of the solar panel stuff took off. None of the battery stuff took off. Nothing related to solar or battery stuff that I did took off. So mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? M screw it. Why don't I just try this? <laughs> it seems like, seems like at least one guy needs it. I could sell one. It's almost like a joke. Like, <laughs> like a joke. <laughs> I'm going to be homeless. Might, might as well just put on Kickstarter to see what happens. And just for whatever reason, people thought it was a good idea and started backing this project on Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. And uh, where, where that's, that's was my first successful well, the backers, product launch. Um, where did do you know where m m um, where your backers were living? Like, where did the most of the backers uh, come from? Oh, I don't know. They don't give you that information. Well, you do. I they do, but I didn't. I didn't go into detail and like look at that information that closely. Oh, that would be interesting to see. But later, like, when, when I, after that was over, I did get a lot of orders from Australia for some reason. So that was interesting. Mm. I mean, it's not like a super successful, it's not like I can live off this prod product yet. Mm -hmm. That's the goal, but um, there were a lot more from Australia lately that was from the first uh kickstarter launch of solder doodle yes and um how long ago was that four years that was four years. four years ago okay and and since then what other what other projects have you been doing uh so so also building a tiny home at the same time and, and what's a tiny home so tiny home, it's a tiny home. <laughs> is um, well, there's it's kind of a broad definition, but 
the one I'm doing is a tiny home on wheels, so it's on a trailer, and it's literally looks like a little house, but built like a house, so typical wall, roof construction, like a regular house, just scaled down. Mm-hmm. And um, um, so that it, so we've never lived in a big house, right? We've always yeah. lived in basically a tiny home. Yeah. yeah growing yeah. up, we've, I don't know what it is to have your own room. Not sure. Well, well growing up. Oh. Now I do. <laughs> yeah. But growing up, mm-hmm. th- that was not an, a childhood experience. Even in college, <laughs> you had roommates. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so, and then living on my own, even on, like, I never lived in like gigantic apartments. Um, and uh, let's see, just kind of even even the, I think the biggest apartment that one of the last apartments I lived in, it was a pretty decent size. It wasn't huge, but it wasn't like I used up all the space. Mm-hmm. So um, I kind of was already kind of living minimally to begin with, not necessarily like like super hyper minimally, but there was no way I could foresee filling up all the cabinets in my apartment with stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it was just like, I don't need to do that. And, um, and, uh, I, it was, it's kind of interesting. I, I, the apartments that, especially my, the last one I lived in, it was right next to a farmer's market. It was, it was, I've been conveniently being like, been kind of located to where I, I needed to be to live like a minimal lifestyle. Cause if mm-hmm. I lived far away from a supermarket, for example, mm-hmm. you want to stock up on a lot of food mm-hmm. so you don't have to drive so far every day or every other day. Right. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have that problem cause, um, I could just ride my bike to pretty close, uh, places for food. And then when we were living in, in San Francisco, that was pretty convenient. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, so there's really no reason to fill up a lot of space with stuff if the if the stuff you need is pretty easy to get, mm-hmm. and uh, and and so that's how I that's how I was living for a while, and like um, I saw that it was, and and I didn't mind riding my bike at the time, so it was like okay, it's healthy, I'm getting exercise. I'm able to eat stuff, and and uh, I don't have to store a lot of giant Costco containers full of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so the tiny home, combine so combined with the housing crisis, combined with being kind of already living minimally, and just seeing the price of the the, the housing market's privatized, right? Mm-hmm. So it's all market controlled. There's are you are you getting what you pay for, right? Mm. For example, mm-hmm. I lease a car. What is that? Three, four hundred bucks a month. Mm-hmm. Well, that better have airbags. It better have anti-lock braking system. Mm-hmm. It better have fog lights. It better have a sunroof. Better have this. Better mm-hmm. have that. I want this whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like whatever transmission, whatever uh, what seat belts and whatever. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> does yeah. it have? Can it can it sync up to your phone? Like um, can seek up to your phone or something like, all, but when you rent an apartment, 
You're like, is it like um, you're paying 1600 bucks a month, but is it really like worth that much money? I mean, is it, is it, is it, um, you know, if it's big, so what? Like, is it really, are, what kind of, are you using, is, is the space actually like comfortable? Is it like, is it, yeah. does it feel like a, a cozy place? <laughs> the more, San, like I saw this a lot in San Francisco more and more. The longer I lived there and when you were living there and when you moved out and then I stayed and then I noticed like, you know, more gentrification in San Francisco, people getting kicked out and the, the mission uh, district, like studio apartments, even, Getting to the point where in Tenderloin, the roughest neighborhood, like, ever. Um, tenderloin studio apartments. Remember we were looking at apartments around the Tenderloin? Mm -hmm. There were, the, it was, oh, like, 1800 a month. I think the, mm -hmm. the most, less expensive was maybe, like, 16 1600 and at the time I moved in in 2008 and I was paying I started off paying like nine 995 a month and when I left I was paying um, 11 1100 for a little over like 400 um, when we were looking for apartments it was like two thousand dollars two thousand well in tenderloin in tenderloin they were like 1600 17 1700 but we went to that fox plaza that yeah. fox plaza was like two grand yeah yeah mm -hmm. so like what are you even paying for i mean like san francisco doesn't even have good weather yeah no and we lived above the chinese restaurant with the Smoke from the oil <laughs> oh coming through God. the floor, right? Yeah, and smoke was coming through the through the floor. Was that worth? And the window would open up all the time because the latch was broken. Mm -hmm. and cold air would come in. Mm -hmm. There were like spots, like cold spots that would seep. Yeah, seep through. There's like holes yeah. in the wall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, we 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 do uh, accept certain discomforts for status. We pay for the privilege to not be homeless mm -hmm. and, and, and not be laughed at and, and looked at as poor. Like mm -hmm. we, even if it makes us uncomfortable and, and like it's definitely not a quality living space, we don't really care. <laughs> mm -hmm. We don't think about these things. So, um, so um, the goal is to make a tiny home that is actually more comfortable than a regular home, because I've never lived in a <laughs> like a quality living space ever in my life, mm -hmm. right? So, and mm -hmm. how hard can it be? Just like a solar panel, how hard can it be to build something that works? <laughs> is it really that difficult? Like we just can't figure it out. Like, but we but we can we can build an iPhone that can like, you can text and email and like have directions spoken to you, <laughs> and translate 
to different languages. And yeah. Remember that show Ringer? I was watching Ringer. Oh. And <laughs> with Sarah Michelle Gellar, um, a.k.a. Buffy. And I really liked this show. I was, like, all enthralled in the story. And, like, there was this one scene where it was, like, um, really intense and dramatic. And the guy was said, like, oh, my battery's about to die on... <laughs> He's yeah. on his cell phone. He's trying to solve the case. Yeah, he's trying to solve this <laughs> murder case. And he's like, oh, man, my battery's about to die. I got to hang up. Or, or like, like oh, his phone dies in mid-conversation. And I just, I just accepted it. <laughs> I just accept, like, yep, his phone died. And then you yeah. caught. Like, say what you said. That was so classic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's, what I say is I'm like, oh, phone dead, can't solve the case. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I better just go home. I know, but the detective went home. He can't solve the case. His phone died. Yeah. And I'm just watching the show. I was like all accepting of like, yeah, his phone died. Guess he can't solve yeah. the case. It's yeah. like life oh. stops, right? <laughs> life stops. <laughs> the murderer got the got away. <laughs> How did the murderer get away? Oh, the detective's phone died. <laughs> Couldn't make those calls. Yeah, because yeah. because there was no batteries that were you know could charge it. He didn't have power <laughs> no, cord. No extra batteries. No solar panels. No. Uh, no cigarette light. You think, you think it would be in the I cop know. car somewhere? Your cop car. He know he, he couldn't. Recharge. He was walking on the street. Oh yeah, he, he was running after yeah, somebody. He was run, run, <laughs> running <laughs> on, the, on his phone and it died. Oh like, my car's a mile away. Oh, I can't go back. <laughs> yeah, and I totally accepted it. I was like, yeah, murderer got away. Yeah, That's char- charger's too far away. <laughs> charger's oh, forgot his charger. No way, I can get it, get the charger in time. It's so, I'm like, oh my God, like, it's so <laughs> true yeah, to life. Like, the police have no backup batteries for their, like, <laughs> investigative equipment. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, are, are we so helpless? Like, yeah. So e- helpless. Even, even the cops are doomed to the death of the po- power of the battery going dead. So, what oh. chance do you have? <laughs> I know. I know. What chance do I have? Mm-hmm. No chance. That's why I say, Veronica, it's on purpose because this is not so easily solved issues. Like, it doesn't need to be like, oh, we just can't find the right, you know, I don't the The technology is there, is all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And all the, if you, if you see a TV show, I, I, I would, that half the problems like that are the you know the main storyline of any tv show is probably like wait a second i think the technology is already there to solve that problem <laughs> end of end of season <laughs> end of season <laughs> <laughs> yeah but how e- you know how easy we are to accept certain things right mm-hmm. and just say oh that can never be fixed you know mm-hmm. Even if the technology even in storylines can't be fixed, yeah. murderer got away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He couldn't. The detective couldn't be like, "Oh man, my phone's dying." But you know, and like you, reach in his back pocket for his backup battery. Yeah, it, it, it takes a lot of work to do that, right? Mm-hmm. To orchestrate that kind of like mass kind of deception, but like suspension of disbelief, just like watching a movie. So like when you buy a house, 
and it's crap, or you <laughs> get a new apartment, it's big, but you start living there, it's crap. Or even if you buy it, you go to a nice restaurant, you buy the expensive meal, mm-hmm. but you know it's crap, but you don't want to say anything because <laughs> you don't want to look like you, <laughs> you kind of spend a lot of money. So you kind of want to like say, yeah, it's all right, it's okay. It's, was, it, was it great? Yeah, I think so, you know. I you noticed know? that on San Francisco cuisine, like, because all their money goes into rent, and like, oh, and I have no time for creativity and making a decent meal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because in 90, like, it's... But everyone else is doing the worth, same thing, too. Yeah, the plate, it's totally not even worth 25 bucks, but nine, it's like, I have to charge $25 so I could pay my rent. I'm sorry, the food sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and everyone else is doing the same thing, too. So, like... If your friend bought a house, they're not going to tell you there's a leaky wall. They're just, oh, yeah, oh, we're fixing it, but it's great. <laughs> Home ownership's great. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then you, you want to say that, too, because mm-hmm. it's, it's a, a lot of the stuff, because it's all market-driven, it's privatized. Mm-hmm. So that has to be, it has to have advertisements, has mm-hmm. to have a sales and marketing strategy to mm-hmm. it. And in order to enjoy the show, just like any good TV script for any show, you got to suspend your disbelief to enjoy the magic show. Mm-hmm. And that, I think that's why. And if you're willing to suspend disbelief and enjoy your crappy house or crappy apartment that you pay a lot of money for, mm-hmm. you're willing to accept a lot of other stuff too Mm -hmm. (laughs) and be fooled by other things Mm because you're not you you, because you you, people people in certain situations want to be fooled Mm -hmm. like if you're in a magic show you don't want someone to stand up in the middle of the show and say hey i know how he did it (laughs) you're like hey i'm trying to enjoy the show (laughs) oh Oh, kids are the worst hecklers when it comes to magicians (laughs) that you can't bullshit children i saw that string yeah yeah kids are totally like that and so we love magic shows even if the magic show is fooling ourselves that we're paying a lot of money for something that isn't worth that much Mm -hmm. it's a great magic show but everyone has to be a part of it or else or else you become the you know the kid that just yells and heckles (laughs) right like stop spoiling the show they you know what is the value of it but you're like that but, kid. You're like that kid who's like, look at the string. Well, look at the guy. I like a good show. I'm not going to do that in a show, in a magic show. But I'll do that in like, if it has to do with like, quality of life. <laughs> 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 like, hey, why are we stuck in traffic hours a day? Shouldn't there be a train that just takes us places? Like, <laughs> oh no, artificial intelligence will drive you where you need to go. That's so. That's a train. <laughs> It's a train. train. (laughs) (laughs) Artificial intelligence. You made a train. (laughs) No. No, but it's. uh, We don't want it to be on tracks. But so, are you going to argue with artificial intelligence and say, hey, I don't agree with you? (laughs) And it's going to like go somewhere because you convinced it to do something? No, (laughs) it does what I need it to. Well, that's a train. It just takes you where you need to go. We're like Elon Musk was like (laughs) going to create tunnels for cars. I'm like, oh, you mean a train? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if only there was a way to have people going in the same velocity at the same direction all at once. How can we do that? (laughs) I don't know. 
Not sure. You mean Never a train? <laughs> no, don't call it a train. Trainers are no, for, trains are for no, poor people. No, no we, we don't want them to collide with each other. Oh, so sit in a train and sit down. No, <laughs> no, no. You go in one direction under a tunnel. A train. No, it's your private no, train. No, you have to be in a separate little pod. So like, like a train, a sli- <laughs> like a sleeper car with your own room. No, not like, not like that. No, it's the wrong word. <laughs> You're just using the wrong the wrong wor- word. Like, <laughs> oh gosh, but yeah. So, but you don't want to. S- everyone's in the mag- watching the magic show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it's fun to be in a magic show. Right, but not. But it starts to get a little out of hand when it it's it's definitely starting to f- be such a uh, uh, just a quality of life con that uh, that hurts people's health. Honestly, it really destroys people's health and and, and depend dependent on certain things that you don't need to be dependent on, like an internal combustion engine or just bunch of cars taking up parking spots or a bunch of houses that are gigantic for no reason or I told you that conversation remember that conversation I was in the bathroom stall at that uh natural grocers that grocery store that we were in with mom and I went to the restroom and this lady walks in and she's just having an argument with maybe her husband or or whatnot I don't know but she was really mad that her partner bought like six six sets of like pots and pans they just moved into a house and she was like why why'd you buy six sets of pots and pans it's just us it's just us two you're not she's like she was so mad she was like you're not fucking boiling water for like a family of 12 it's just (laughs) us two and then it's silence like he's trying to justify and rationalize like no we need the six sets of pots and pans and then you said i mean talking about like you know big house you move into a big house you have this need to fill it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) so Mm -hmm. on top of being a like having like a mortgage that maybe they can or cannot afford because it's just those two. Now the wife has to deal with her husband's spending problem (laughs) on pots and pans. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. And when you do the math, how much are you even like, how, how much quality of life are, are all these expensive expenses giving you? And it's fine. I'm not saying everybody doesn't need to do that. I say if you want if you want pots and pans if you want ten sets of pots and pans go for it, but you know, it shouldn't affect the quality of life for other people. One and second, like you should be able to afford it. You should have the means to afford stuff like that, mm-hmm. and also the means to get rid of it mm-hmm. <laughs> if you if if you start cluttering up your space with too much stuff or you end up moving out. Like like all I'm saying is like if you do the math. And you can live a certain lifestyle, go ahead. It's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. But as a master's degree in mechanical engineering, having as hard a time as I had living, Mm -hmm. it's hard for me to believe that a lot of people can do that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it seems to me that we have the technology to provide an alternative to being forced 
into a market that only provides services for, for certain things and in a certain way of doing things. And, um, and that, uh, and that there are other ways of doing things, meeting the same objectives with less resources, less cost, but are not on the market. They're just not there, not necessarily for technological challenges. It's just because the system is set up not to provide those products and services for you mm -hmm. for whatever reason. I mean, um, so if I wanted to live in a tiny home in San Jose, California, as far as I know, that's illegal, especially if it's not tied to the grid. But even if it is tied to the grid, there's all the sorts of laws and codes that prevent these things from happening. Now, they'll say that it's for your safety. Tell me what apartment you've lived in that you felt safe and comforted and cozy in. Like, I can name maybe maybe one that kind of came close a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. but I've never been wowed at this engineered marvel of an apartment in my entire life. <laughs> yeah, well, even <laughs> or, in the apartment... Wow, or a house or anything. Even, like, a, like, in the apartment that we were living in, like, all the uh, complaints that I was making to the Bay Area quality control took forever. Took forever to get anything, anything done, and yeah, you know so they're they're not responsible. Like the landlord wasn't responsible for the restaurant, um, Bay Area Quality Control. Like the most they could do was just like give a suggestion, and it's like, how about not have restaurants on the first floor of apartment buildings? Just better ventilation systems or better like ventilation. You have to upgrade, right? You yeah. have to do the, you have to engineer. That's the thing. These so when I say thermodynamics, I throw out that word a lot, but you know it's kind of important. Um, kind of a we, little bit. We <laughs> a little bit. We we are, are we have the technology to create a living space that's habitable. That's the thing. We don't think about it as habit habitat. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. Like this mm -hmm. is we. For we're we're a living organism that requires certain things, uh, requires certain temperatures, requires mm -hmm. certain percentages of humidity, require require certain quality of air. Mm -hmm. We need certain amount of oxygen in the air. We need mm -hmm. we uh, at a certain amount of toxins in whatever in stuff we breathe or ingest. We will f have ill effects. Like all these things need to be considered when building it and we can't live amongst the trees in the forest so we gotta <laughs> mm -hmm. especially in a city right we're not like in the f giant farmland so we ha we have to build and engineer our way uh to replicate these types of like a little habitat ecosystem for ourselves if you just pay some guy minimum wage to build it for you what mm -hmm. do you expect <laughs> mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter how much uh engineering went into the to the design of the guy is not being careful about the construction of your little habitat enclosure, then it's more like a minimum wage, you know, jail cell that was built for you, not a living space. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that, in if they're if they're nice, they'll put a nice coat of paint and put some, you know, fancy flooring or maybe a fancy countertop, but make it look pretty. But are you going to actually feel comfortable? Is it, is it going to be too cold in the winter, too hot in the summer? Um, is it going to grow mold in the corners of the wall? Is it going to be, um, are you going to 
choke on whatever vapors are coming out of the floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like because it's not ventilated properly. Is you have to, you know, all these all these details. Is it uh, can you? Is it noisy? I mean, when it rains, is it just so noisy? Like it's it's distracting. Is it, you know? Yeah. All yeah. these. And is it or is are the are are the tables and in the countertops and the, the bathroom arrangement is it all done in an ergonomic manner that is you know saves space and is efficient? Um, like yeah, like where are you gonna put the TV? Is the TV gonna block the door? When you where are you gonna line the couch with? Is that was that pre-planned before it was designed, or did they just put a wall there and just eh, let the guy figure it out? Like yeah. why why I mean we've had TVs for a long time. <laughs> it was like <laughs> over half a century and and you think they yeah. would build a house knowing that the guy is going to like actually put a TV there and a couch opposite that wall, right? Like shouldn't we build houses that already have this mm-hmm. pre-planned and if it's not like maybe move the stud over the uh, a couple inches to yeah. make room for the for for the guy to to sit down while he's enjoying his TV show? <laughs> no, because we we've we've talked about that too, like the quality that's going into building ha- uh, habitats with you know, with two the California fires uh, this year and and last last year, and you see you see the damage after. There's like there's no there's no sign. Like, are you sure houses were built there? Because it's just flat. It's mm-hmm. like a bomb went off and just just flat. So of course it's like now constant blame on PGE. Not to say that yeah maybe they like they um, did have a part um, a role that they play, but no one's going after the developers who built those houses in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Like there's no liability well, for the if builders. You, if you're in the middle of a drought. Any source can be, can it's just a matter of time, right? Mm-hmm. And, and negligence is, is just going to show more. The negligence of anything is going to show more. Is, I mean, people are going to be neg. PG&E has been known to be negligent with their gas lines exploding. Oh yeah, and, I mean, like and, yeah, and definitely. so imagine if it was also co- in combination, middle of a drought. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you have negligence, proven history of negligence and drought. But in Australia, they're already preparing for this. So you, you, there's even people making making tiny homes that are fire resistant in Australia right now. So they take drought seriously there because literally nothing comes out of the tap, mm-hmm. you know, when there's a drought. So they they are preparing for that type of stuff. When you're part of the magic show, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you won't, you don't want to acknowledge this some of the some of the um, magic tricks and how, and that it's that it you so one of the magic tricks is to blame PG&E for everything and that's they should be blamed for negligence because they are a negligent company it <laughs> should be treated as such um, and the other part of the magic show that people might not want to realize is that building construction in, in the United States is not that great. And um, it is very dangerous in those types of situations. Mm-hmm. And we're not prepared for that. That's a hard, it, it's hard, it's hard. 
Because I, I think, I think it personally, what I've gone through to, you know, be be aware and awaken and and acceptance, acceptance of, you know, what I was doing when you were when you were living with me, my spending behaviors put our relationship um, at risk, and I'm and then after you know, having conversations like this over and over again, what's happening outside. And, you know, a lot of other families are having these difficult uh, converse conversations or they're being affected by behaviors. They're being affected by behaviors because they want to have this status so bad at the risk of jeopardizing the family dynamic. So... With your company, Solar Cycle, and, and what you're doing with Solder Doodle, Tiny Home, I I feel like it's, you know, like you said, like the solution is out there. But I also feel like it seems like you're, like the cheese stands alone, like feels like you're the, like the only person that's, really seeing the bullshit and maybe others are like you are, are kind of seeing it but they're not ready to see the full truth so what what helps you not get get discouraged when people are either they still want to believe the mag magic show uh i know it's temporary because uh, it's well it's sad right like we're not on this planet for a long time. Like we're not, we don't live forever, right? But uh, what I try to tell people is, I just don't want to. I just want to be slightly less of a, of an a-hole, right? <laughs> that's all. Like that's all I can do, because I know, like, before I, <laughs> like, like, everybody's got their own clocks that are ticking, mm -hmm. and I got mine, and. Uh, if they if 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 people want to still be a part of the magic show, uh, when the magic show shows over, it it may be too late for them to change anything uh, in their own lives to to maybe uh, help them out. Nothing I can do about that, but like I said, nature doesn't care. <laughs> if you if you if you're watching the magic show and you you're you're enjoying the magic show. Nature doesn't care if you if you see that how all the BS and bullshit like nature also doesn't care. Mm. <laughs> so um, all uh, and I guess the main thing is, is we are we I do acknowledge that we are in a privatized economy. Everything's privatized to some extent or another. And if it's not yet, it's trying to be privatized mm -hmm. as we speak. Mm -hmm. So I realize that, and I realize that anything, any products I make has to go through this type of privatized economy, right? Mm -hmm. So um, whether people want to live in a tiny home, buy solar chargers or batteries or whatever, I, I have that available, mm -hmm. <laughs> or so, soldering irons. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, whether it's because people 
buy it because they're like have a awakening or because they just like to charge stuff with you know solar but what i'm saying is like there's so many um so many great developments in like using technology for a certain purpose that uh i think can improve people's lives if and if that's not the focus i don't necessarily think that's the case um now it's kind of amazing that someone like Steve Jobs came out with an iPhone that can make you ride the bus more efficiently because Steve mm -hmm. Jobs doesn't ride the bus, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. he, he's never ridden. Probably haven't. I don't know when the last time he rode a bus. <laughs> but it was when it first came out. This is. Uh, I mean, later there were some issues with mm -hmm. with uh, Apple Maps, but mm -hmm. when it first came out, it was the most amazing like universal device that could get you from A to B mm -hmm. uh, ever made. Mm -hmm. And uh, whether it was a, whatever his in, that guy's intention was, and it probably wasn't the best, but I can see if there's a certain amount of like focus on certain like aspects, like imagine if that same type of energy was used for, for example, improving improving quality of life just for the quality of life's sake, right? Mm -hmm. And not being a dick and firing people because, you know, they screwed up one time, you know? Like, mm -hmm. if it was actually, like, a, a focus and a drive to, like, not just build iPhones, but also, like, build livable homes for pe low-income people or something like that, mm -hmm. right? Using technology, mm -hmm. right? Um and uh, using science and engineering, right? And treat it as a product, right? Because if you're in the market, if you just sell a tiny home like you would an iPhone. Why not, mm -hmm. right? If that's the type of drive. But, you know, uh, that didn't happen. Um, <laughs> but I could imagine a, a scenario like where the market fluctuations occur and there's a little outfit like mine that's building little tiny homes for people that the demand would spike and that I'd be called to help out, whether it's a disaster zone or just people downsizing from a crashing economy, that it would be, um, you know, that unfortunately it'd be an opportunity for me. Mm -hmm. And that's just how the market goes. Mm -hmm. Now, you can see that both ways, you know, am I a hypocrite? Yeah. <laughs> but the system is that's the way the system is designed unfortunately and uh and it, and it's hard and it's hard when uh tiny homes are made very you know what i mean if i could push out tiny homes um to the public faster um i don't think that would be much of an issue but what what i think what happens is you have the market after the after the uh, 2008 housing crisis, the market kind of um, relaxed as far as like rules for for alternative forms of living, mm -hmm. like in in alternative construction and designs and stuff. And then as interest rates uh, start to go down, you'll see like going back to the um, standard construction and 
and tightening up the rules against like alternative living structures like tiny homes or yeah or um uh yurts or something like this mm-hmm. and then i i and and of course when there's low demand there's there's there it's easier for big businesses and corporations to come in and 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 uh be be uh, you know try to change the the rules of of the market mm-hmm. whether whether passing or you know convincing people to pass certain laws that or certain building codes that prevent it um I mean, it's boring stuff, but it's what co- it's what corporations pay consultants and lawyers to figure out mm-hmm. how to fix the market for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you if you go down these crazy laws, there's like laws in San Jose. There's laws for like uh, minimum parking requirements, so you have to fill up a, a you know a certain amount of your lot with parking spaces. You have to be a certain amount of feet from the sidewalk. Uh, you can't do rain catchment systems. You can't. Well, and like, what's a rain catchment? You can't store your own rainwater. Oh, you. Oh, like, that's right. You can't store your own rainwater. Yeah, and all these little laws, like if you have a diesel generator, it can't be certain feet from something, and whatever. Anyways, mm-hmm. it's like I, I think I even heard someone saying if you have a structure on a property, it has to have a garage. Mm. And, and the garage has to be a certain shape and size and like have a outlet inside of it or like a wall socket. So you have to build all these things to conform to laws all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And I think they don't I think they relax when people demand more alternative living mm-hmm. uh, options. And I think they tighten when um, the motivation is to go back to your standard um, typical housing like, designs mm. and and that's so a, it, that's an interesting and so um, phenomenon yeah and 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 i think i think i think people suffer from that it's just like monoculture just like anything when a disease goes through a crop mm. and you, all you grow is one crop you lose the whole season mm-hmm. i think that's but you know that's why do we do it why do we still do that then right mm. well we do that because that's the way we set up our market so when I say when when I'm when I say I'm a hypocrite, I mean it's really as a as a person who has no power to change the system mm-hmm. at this point and just kind of promote ideas and show that it can be done. Mm-hmm. When the system does crash, um, I'll be I'll I won't be gone. I'll still be around, but to that demand has to spike. And and uh, the rules have to relax for th- and and unfortunately, during that process, a lot of people might find it very uh, difficult to 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 bridge that that time between you know getting kicked out of your house <laughs> and finding an alternative um, lifestyle to to weather that economic downturn. Mm. Um, yeah, and uh, but we don't think that far ahead, right? Like, no. And so, um, so I'm forced to be a hypocrite, you know, and wait for that. Just kind of hang in the, hang and 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 continue innovating and designing, and just wait for that. Um, wait for wait 
wait around until the demand actually goes up again and uh, be ready with the, the plans and the designs to help people out. Mm. But is it really you being a hypocrite or is it just you tr you do when when the market does make a turn and you're there with your tiny homes is it more just like okay now it now these now it's it's like taking turns making money like now it's your turn to make money now because you're providing a service when things go bad here's yeah. here's my solution your solutions don't work right now because we haven't hit we haven't hit that market bubble burst bottom. Yeah, I mean that's the whole problem. Is it, it's a and but, but the, sy the system that's how the, the the whole system is designed that way. Yeah, people make money in a what, shitty time. Well, what I hope is that we learn not to privatize certain things after this, right? Oh God. And <laughs> because what's going to happen? At least I'm. It's bad. The, it, because. You got to think, Veronica. We forget so easily. Like, like that's what I. That's what I mean. Why I'm a hypocrite is because like it's not like. I, I wish I could just you know, not remember <laughs> 2008, right? I don't want to remember 2008 either. Yeah, but <laughs> we kind of have to, right? Yeah. Because um. And. Uh, and you know, if I, I so you got to think about it. Everybody owned a house back then, right? Mm -hmm. Every all our friends, mm -hmm. everybody, mm -hmm. nobody rented, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and we were renting because we we're just too poor <laughs> to like yeah. get the down payment. And you know what? We could probably gotten a down payment anyways because the that was so crazy. I just refused to because, again, here we go again. <laughs> I did the math. I was like, there's no way I could afford this mm -hmm. on my Excel spreadsheet. I was like, holy crap. I got a master's degree in mechanical engineering, which would look great for a loan. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. the math just didn't work. Uh -huh. Now, um, that's crazy, right? Because mm -hmm. why would, you know, I just couldn't, I couldn't play, I couldn't enjoy the magic show. I was too woke. <laughs> yeah, just I simple, could. <laughs> it's just, it's not, when I say math, I just mean addition and subtraction, mm -hmm. not even multiplication. <laughs> Maybe if you wanted to, you know, do, you know, a, a projection throughout the year, but you're just like, every, what's your monthly cost? Oh, mm -hmm. this, 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 this. Okay. What's left? Zero. Oh, okay. No home. <laughs> no home for you. Yeah, but, but you could, yeah. I mean, it was crazy. It was our friend, my friends. I don't know about your friends. My friends were like, "What are you doing, Isaac?" Oh yeah, my Why are no, you my, not buying a my, house. Yeah, my friends were getting houses in their twenties. I'm like, with what money? And and well, Erica pointed this out. Like all all our friends from our college days. It's like, yeah, they got a house, but they got down payments from family. Yeah, like their their dads, their moms. They didn't. They didn't provide their own down payment. They got 
their down payment from like their mom, their dad, or like gen- gen- yeah. generational wealth. I'm like, oh yeah, and like you know all all the texts like dad would would send us like, oh you're burning your money away. I was like, oh okay, you know, um, direct deposit me Isaac and I a hundred thousand dollars. Can mm-hmm. you do that? Because yeah. I like what 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 down payment what down payment like yeah. where where is that coming from? Yeah. So you tell me. But you know, and then rent was actually. At that time, it was okay. It wasn't. It wasn't cheap, but it was. It wasn't like rampant, like crazy. It wasn't like out five thousand a, a because month because no one rented. Yeah, everyone owned houses. Mm-hmm. So this is this is worse. So now, because people got lost their houses, right? Yeah, and they're renting now. Now they're renting. Mm-hmm. Now what? What's mm-hmm. the next step after that? Jack up rent. No, well, they get kicked out of their house. Mm-hmm. Now they're in their apartments. What if they get kicked out of their apartments? Because you can't sell your apartment. Mm. At least you can sell your house, or e- even at a loss, right? You're still stuck with a mortgage, but mm. at least you could, you might be able to, you know, pay instead of a mortgage, you might be able to pay rent, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're underwater, you're kind of screwed. But you know depends when you bought the house <laughs> you know what i mean like if you bought the house like right at the peak you're screwed no matter what but if you bought if you bought it right uh you know a couple years before that peak you know 2006 maybe 2005 2006 you could have even even at the crash or if you if you sold early enough maybe you might have just made a little bit to so you can get an apartment mm-hmm. right get out get out of that toxic asset right <laughs> and then mm-hmm. hopefully sell it to some sucker <laughs> well that's <laughs> then, what happened with then, our house growing then, up our, go, our san jose house and that, then go rent it right like go rent something but now now what happens you know if you're stuck paycheck to paycheck living in an apartment now now what 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 asset do you have left to sell to what to do what because you can't rent, because it's the same, you're going to be paying the same, you're, you're in, <laughs> right? Yeah, I couldn't, yeah, I was, bef- like that last year in San Francisco, the, like, I don't know, like people were saying like, oh, such a great, great city. I'm like, yeah, when you have money, all my money was going towards rent and food. I wasn't doing any, any, hardly any stand-up. And I'm not saying that's, that's an excuse. I'm just saying, like, in, in this capitalist, like, economy, it's like, you can't, you can't be creative. Because all my energy was going towards just trying to live, just trying to eat, trying to not be homeless. I wasn't doing any comedy. It wasn't until I moved here in March and, and I launched Sober Show in June and started getting involved with mo- Monkeys with a Hat on that I was able to do a lot more creative stuff in the less less than a year than I was in all the 10 years that I was in San Francisco. Mm. I mean, like... Well, not like I like I did stuff, but a lot of the stuff that I like I want to be proud didn't happen until I moved here. Yeah, yeah. And the same with you, 
like the two solder doodle like um solder doodle the original and solder doodle plus and tiny home and you um helping to build one of one of the groups one you were one of the group of people t to launch pdx hackerspace yeah yeah you couldn't do any of those in yeah, san francisco so, well that that's the problem right like you pe people people don't realize they they can do a lot on their own um without let people are waiting for other people to fix things right rescue me and um but the problem is even in Silicon Valley, you still can't even if you wanted to because you, it's just too expensive. You can't even All your money start. is going to trying to pay off your student loan. You can't even start. And that's why there's venture capitalists because they know you can't start on your own. You have to like get all this investment money and uh, or have, yeah, some totally like off the book source mm -hmm. of money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, th and, th and that, that, that then perpetuates the, the, the myth that you can't, you can't fix things on your own. Mm -hmm. And what I mean is not fix the world. <laughs> I'm not saying, what I mean is like, do simple things, how like build structures that are engineered correctly, you know, if the, the iPhone's great, right? Mm -hmm. That's great. Why why uh, are other products not as well? Lately, iPhone's been kind of going downhill. But I mean, just the concept of that, like, why aren't other things more like that? Mm -hmm. Like more more utilitarian, um, like all in one device kind of thing. Why why can't we have more of that? And um, where um, basically you can have an entire music studio in your backpack, for example, mm -hmm. or entire, you know, interview interview setup setup in your backpack. Mm -hmm. And and why 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 is this why is there a, such a need to have all, all all these you know all this stuff that may or may not improve your quality of life. Um, and, uh, you know, and is, it, is most of it for status and waiting for someone else to fix, fix any your problems? Or is it like a uh, combination, it's just impossible where you live because of econo economy or economic reasons? Or is it like, seeing other people fail and you don't want to fail kind of thing? Like, mm. is it like... Uh, Could be all those things. You know, and like, I think, we've, I think we've created a system that is so good at sales and marketing mm. at this point. And we, we, we like the magic show so much. Um, the magic show of privatized housing, privatized transportation, privatized um, uh, uh, privatized markets. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, well, oh, well, I would say uh, corporate-dominated markets. That is, it's, 
it's really easy to to give up, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. but like I said, nature doesn't care. So if you nature, what I mean by that's privatize why I, when I say, all you want. When I say nature thermodynamics, doesn't care. when I say thermodynamics, and I say iPhone, and I say these things, right? Mm-hmm. That's like, well, that's like technology. It's like you know what? Whether it is, but it's like when we, when we build things. We, we build things and engineer things using the laws of nature. <laughs> we forget that sometimes. Mm. We build a house using what, you know, resources are available, building it so it'll be comfortable and, you know, or whether it's electronic or a laptop, mm-hmm. you build it using the laws of nature, the law of electrodynamics, thermodynamics, and and basic chemistries mm-hmm. and <laughs> knowing knowing how to you know make electrons move the way you want it to move and and th- these are all laws of nature that we've been able to to you know manipulate in certain ways but mm-hmm. but that that's that's the thing about uh, when I mean nature doesn't care what I'm nature is not just clouds and wind and rain nature is like the laws of nature mean like you understand like how temperature works and <laughs> how light works and how like electrons move and stuff like um, if we're just a consumer population and we don't really understand those the laws of nature we we can be easily fooled by sales and marketing yeah um, i saw that on your latest kickstarter yeah <laughs> Well, do you want to talk? Not for me. <laughs> you want to talk about that? Are you are you are you liberty to talk about the latest Kickstarter? Whose latest? Mine. Your yeah, yours. What about it? And how that other Kickstarter? Oh, oh yeah. Well, no. I mean, you don't have. I mean, it's I mean, just it, in it, general, like like. But it's just to illustrate the point of the whole the sales and marketing, it just seems like. Yeah, I mean, if I don't know how deep you want to get in, into that because their Kickstarter is still alive. Oh yeah, well, yeah. E- either way, it doesn't really matter. All all the all that you have to know is like, it's not just it's any. I mean, that's why the solar panel didn't sell. That's why the battery didn't sell. It's not just one project. It's it's consistent. Mm-hmm. People will overpromise what their products can do in order to get the sale, right? Mm-hmm. Even if it design, if it defies the laws of physics, they don't care, right? They'll say that, oh, it'll, this little panel will charge up your, you know, your iPad Pro, and it barely like turns the charge light on for mm-hmm. like five minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, so the the proof the the burden of proof is always on me, the guy who tells the truth and has a lower, you know, uh, promise. Has a lower, like, oh, I, but mine, I say I can charge one phone. Yeah, but the other guy says you can charge two at the same time. Uh, yeah, that's physically impossible. <laughs> like, that solar panel would have to be, like, over 50% efficient, and that mm-hmm. doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. 
oh, but it says, and I got to charge. Yeah, how long? Five minutes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and like, did it even go up a percentage? Uh, I don't know. Well, did you, well, obviously the customer's not going to pull out their measurement devices and double check, right? Yeah, your ohm meter. <laughs> so, so that's the population we live in, right? And, yeah. And imagine how easily, how, how, how vulnerable, right? A population like that is right. To That's it's scary. And and how how much pain and suffering is going to be going to be caused just by simply um, making a profit over someone's ignorance, right? And um, it happens all the time. You know, I'm not trying to make a profit on people's ignorance or misery, but you know, if someone's been fooled <laughs> I mean, by the magic show. It's not my job to wake them up, but I can at least provide alternative products mm. to people so when they do, the transition is as painless as possible. And that, that's really how, uh, the only way I can see this, the way the market's set up, the way it's privatized, that it can, that it can uh, exist. Mm -hmm. And my, my, in order for me to be there, I just... I just have to exist. I just, as long as I'm not bankrupt, you know, I can I can provide a service like that, and that, that's probably my best goal at this point. Just stay above, you know, bankruptcy mm -hmm. <laughs> until then. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, we talked about a lot of stuff tonight. Mm -hmm. It's always good to. Uh, watch you be a loving witness in your professional and personal life, and I'm really proud of you. And I I know you're the real deal, and you know just I know uh, things are are gonna look up, and your products are gonna be um, successful. And yeah, you know sometimes it takes like a market another another market bubble to crash and burn again for people to wake up. Like, I don't, you know, sometimes it just needs to happen that way, rather on, on a massive scale or incrementally. But, you know, sometimes you just got to watch, watch the, watch the train crash as you just stand bystander and there's nothing you can do. Yeah, uh, not really. <laughs> I, mean, I, I want to end on a happy I note. Hope, I hope it doesn't come to that, but sometimes I, I, I have no. Uh, I haven't seen. It's just, just let's just say my hometown that's been promising change and mm -hmm. San Jose, right? Mm -hmm. Of all these new improvements, mm -hmm. hasn't happened. Mm -hmm. um, and and the goalposts for change keeps being pushed. So I haven't seen any like signs of big change. <laughs> mm. but I hope it happens I hope it doesn't take an economic crash but it, it might mm -hmm. <laughs> well on that note ladies and gentlemen <laughs> Isaac Porras so no I kid I kid uh, what do you where where can people find your solar cycle uh, uh, products so you can go to solarcyclepower.com all one word, solarcyclepower.com. 
And Solder Doodle is solderdoodle.com. And that's uh, where you can find my products. Cool. So that's it for episode 00 with my guest, Isaac Porras, founder and CEO of Solar Cycle Independent Power. I'm your host, Veronica Porras. You could find me at vcomedy.com. That's V-E-E comedy.com. Later. Thanks.